morning, everybody. How you feeling this morning? Feeling good? Come on, church. Are you feeling good on Labor Day weekend? Good to see everybody here this morning. Come on, give a huge, huge hand clap, all of our new guests and everybody watching online right now. We're so glad you're here this morning. So glad you found our church. So glad that however you found online watching right now, we're so glad that you're watching. We have a very special Sunday. Uh, I'm not, and just so you know, I'm not preaching with just beautiful people behind me. These guys are actually going to be preaching this morning, and they're going to do a phenomenal job. And I want to talk, and I want to talk just a little bit uh, about this. Uh, these are all members of our staff here at New Heart Church, and uh, I, I, this is very important to who we are as a church. That um, we don't just have a couple people that. Uh, are good at something or that God has blessed in something and we say okay we got this person and and so we're just going to have that so whether it be a pastor or somebody leading worship or uh, it could be somebody that is great at teaching in our kids ministry back there we're always looking for who God is bringing up next that is that is so important because it, so easily all of us all of us can fall into this trap where we uh, we get one person who's good at something, and like, okay, good, great, let's ha let's have them do that for the rest of their life. But what that does is that puts a lid on everybody yeah. else yeah. who could be growing in their potential and the call of God on their life. And so, as a church, we are cognizant of this. We are always looking for the next. That's why we talk about growth track. That's why we talk about uh, having our team nights because God has a call, not just on me, not just on Jess, but every single person who comes through these doors, who's watching online, yeah. God has a call of God on your life. It might not be to preach. Yeah. It might not be to do something, but it's something that is specific to your life. And do not get, uh, don't misunderstand that God has you placed in this church for a reason and yeah. for a purpose. And we want to make sure that you feel very, very confident in who God has called you to be and who God wants yeah. you to be. And so this is a piece of this. These guys are going to do a phenomenal job. I'm so excited for them. And so they're going to they're going to preach. They're each going to preach five minutes apiece. Don't you? Don't you're like? Well, are they going to all preach thirty minutes? No, they're not going to do that. But they're going to preach five minutes apiece, so I want you to take notes. I want you to amen. I want you to encourage them. They're going to do a phenomenal job. All right, so uh, who's the first one? Marty, come on up here. Come on, give it up for Marty Tibble. Good morning, church family. My name is Marty Benda, and yes, that's very fresh. For three weeks, my name has been Marty Benda, so it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Um, I have the honor and the privilege to be on staff here with my friends, which is like a dream come true. It's amazing. Um, I wanted to take a moment before we get started and just honor the two most incredible people in this room, our lead pastors. We are all here. We are all able to be here because of the yes that you guys have said and your leaning and your investment into our team and it is a dream come true. Our lives all changed in this house and the honor that it is to be trusted with this space is, it's just unspeakable. We just are so thankful for you guys and we love y'all so much. We are going to together read through Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 
And before I kick us off, I want to encourage everyone in the room and online, go memorize these verses. These are build your life on scriptures. Um, I'm so thankful for these. They are for real, build your life on them. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. So this was written by the Apostle Paul, and he starts with, I plead with you, which it might be the nanny and me, but my first thought is like a toddler. Like, you know when you tell a toddler no and they're not so good with it? They're like, please, 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 and they just keep begging and begging and begging because their world is this big, and that's all they know is they have desperation for the snack or for the show or for whatever it is. All the parents said amen. Um, and I love that because I just thought like, okay, this grown apostle man is begging us for something. He's pleading us for something. This has to be important. If he has that deep of a desperation. He then goes on to say, offer your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. And I think as Christians, or especially me, I usually go one of two ways with this. I'm like, okay, it's very physical. So it's like, I am in a worship service. I am on my knees. There's a song on. My hands are in the air. I'm offering my body to God. Or it's very mental. Beginning of my day, God, I give you my day. Which neither of these two things are wrong. Neither of them are wrong. But I don't think we tend to think about how practical this can actually be. I'm going to read to you from the message version because I think it just encapsulates this concept very well. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. When he says offer your bodies to God, there's nothing excluded. It's mental, it's physical, but it's also practical. And so my question for you today is what are your hands on every day? If you offer your hands to God, then every single thing that you touch becomes holy. Where are you walking? You offer your feet to God, and everywhere you go, suddenly that's holy ground. Who are you talking to? What situations are you speaking into? You offer your mouth to God, and every circumstance suddenly becomes a holy moment. Our bodies are our whole selves. Nothing is excluded. And what I love about this, too, is as I was preparing for this message, I was thinking, like, okay, this all goes back to Jesus. The resurrection happened because of sacrifice of self. Where are you looking for resurrection power in your life? God, I want to see resurrection in my job. Offer yourself to God. I want to see revival happen in my marriage. Offer yourself to God. I want to ask you today not to ask God to symptom treat whatever your circumstance is, but say, God, I want to give myself to you. I want you to change my words so that their mind isn't just changed, but that my words are your words because you're the ones that can change their hearts. I'm going to start with me. As a church, we talk about all the time, and I love this. We always say, if you want to see something in the natural, it starts in the supernatural. And I love that because it starts with me. It starts with me. I want revival. It starts with me. And this is also why we have connect groups, because you don't have to do it alone. Like you meet with your connect group and you say, I'm actually really struggling offering this space to God. And you're surrounded with people who know how to pray and who know how to offer themselves to God, who are learning to offer themselves to God, and you're helping them in whatever area. So today's your day. If you need a connect group, if you need community that knows how to pray, today's your day. And if you're in a connect group, today's your day to be vulnerable with them. I'm struggling to offer myself to God in this area, and they'll pray for you. 
I think to tie this all with a bow, we need to remember that this is an everyday practice. Every single day, God, I offer you my hands, I offer you my feet, I offer you my mouth, I offer you my mind. Every single piece of me is offered to you. It's an everyday practice. And it's not just one thing, but it's everything. All right, well, Marty, that was awesome, awesome. Uh, good morning, church. I am honored to be here, up here today speaking. Um, pastors, thank you for everything you do, the leadership, the encouragement. Um, so the part of the verse that uh, I want to focus on today says, Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Uh, it made me think, I was remembering whenever uh, I became a father for the first time, um, I was looking down at this beautiful little girl, uh, Kinsley. And I, um, I thought to myself, I was like, how in the world could I love anything the way that I love her? Well, then we fast forward a few more years, and then I'm holding another little girl, Harper. Two years later, another little girl, Evie. Three girls. Yay me, right? But uh, God bless me with three beautiful girls. And, um, you know, being a father is amazing. It's full of experiences and memories that you'll never forget. But, you know, the one thing that kind of takes you by surprise and no one seems to like to talk about is the sacrifice of it. See, uh, you sacrifice your, your sleep. Uh, you sacrifice your free time. Sometimes you sacrifice sanity. Uh, there's other of us who sacrifice our hair. But we're not, that's not funny. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. That's not funny. Okay. But anyways... <laughs> Uh, it doesn't matter the sacrifice because you love your children. You don't think about it. The love is, is all that it requires. So in this verse it says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. In the Old Testament, sacrifices were meant to give thanks to God for everything he had done for you. And in these sacrifices, they had to be perfect. They had to be without any flaws, no defects. They had to be, to be able to be deemed acceptable. The them in this verse refers to us, and we are definitely not acceptable on our own. See, Jesus died for our sins for, that to, for us to be acceptable. And all, all we have to do is choose him. Now, to be a living sacrifice means we have to choose God every day. See, we have to choose him in all circumstances. We have to give our whole selves as an offering to him for all he's done and will do in our lives. Now, when I say our whole selves, I mean every aspect of yourself. Uh, you have to, when we choose God for the first time, we're saved by his, by his grace and his mercy. Um, but it doesn't stop there. We have to uh, give, it, give ourselves to him every time. And in every aspect of our lives, um, we have to offer it to him. And, you know, this, this looks like for some of us, we want to give our, our hands to God, but not our hearts. See, it's easy to jump into serving. It's easy to be like, use me, God, wherever you need me, I'm good. Uh, but when it comes to our quiet times, when it comes time for God to actually work through us, we're, we're not about that. But on the other hand, we want to give God our hearts, but not our hands. See, we say, God, you know, I'm here, work through me, change me, I want to be a better person. But God says, hey, you want to change? Serve. 
Go jump on a serve team, build community. But we're like, no, I don't, want, I don't, I don't know if I like people. Like, I don't know. But for me, <laughs> for me, I went, I started serving in bigs. I started being back there. And it was amazing. And God changed my life from that. I was given life that I didn't realize I even needed. Um, and the last part of this verse says, uh, let this, or this is truly the way to worship. I remember there was a story that Pastor Ben shared a couple weeks ago at Prayer and Leadership, and it made me really think about it. And, and he was talking about how powerful worship is. And um, through that, I, I came to a conclusion, see, that the reason why worship is so powerful, it's so powerful because in that moment you sacrifice yourself to God. See, we give him our worries, we give him our fears, we give him our stress, and in that moment we are filled by his presence. He imparts himself to us. And when that happens in that moment, that is true worship. Now, church, if you hear me say anything, hear me say this. Give yourself to God daily. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice yourself to him so yeah. that he can shine through you. Awesome. Truly worship. And yeah. God will fill you with his presence. Come on. Come on. Awesome. Wow, this is so awesome. Everyone is spitting it. I love it. Hi, my name is Shay Hewitt. I am so pumped to be here. This is the best ever. Um, I just can't believe you all chose to be with us today. We're so pumped that you're here. Um, I would love to just keep going. Let's go. Let's roll this fire out. Um, Romans 12, 2 is where we're going to go. First part, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world. Um, I was reading another version that says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. And I'm an analyzer. I like to dig deep. And so I was like, okay, what does Paul mean by conform? Like, tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I was looking at the Greek word, and it connects to our English word schematic. And schematic is like routine. It's really plain. It's simple. And so I was like, okay, another way we could read this is do not simplify your life to the world. Do not stoop down to the level of the world. And I found it super interesting that Paul was saying this to the Romans because the Romans lived super extravagantly. I mean, we've all learned about the Romans in our history books. They are the originators of some art, of some innovation, of wealth, things that they're known for. Yet Paul is still taking the moment to tell them, even so, even though it seems like you're living the opposite of a simple life, everything you're doing really doles and really becomes plain in the light of what I know. And I think that whenever we choose to live our lives for ourselves, um, actually, I think we could agree it's, it's much easier just to take care of yourself. You know, there's nobody else. I remember living alone in my apartment. It was so tiny, but it was so perfect because no one else could touch anything. I was the only one coming. I was the only one going. I was the only one receiving anything from that space. But you throw in a roommate. You throw in a dog, you throw in a husband. <laughs> I'm not even going to go to the kid part, but you know, if you throw in kids, it gets crazy. It gets crazy. It takes a lot more effort to take care of. So the world's response to that would be shove them out the door, lock it, deadbolt it, get the other one at the hotels, and don't let them in. And anytime somebody tries to knock on the door, you get irritated because they're trying to intrude on your space. 
That's the world's response is, is any interruption turns into an irritation. So what if somebody was trying to like ask for help and they needed to move? Maybe you know this is a season, like this is so great for them that you, you're so proud of them. But they asked you to physically help them move. And you're like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to do that. And maybe you had to move and nobody helped you. But maybe you didn't ask anyone to help you. But you decide to complain about it even though you know this is the life change that this person needs. Or what if somebody presents you with an opportunity that could really move you forward? This is the next step in your career. But it's going to take some extra effort. It's going to take some work on your part. So instead, you just complain about it constantly. Instead of seeing it for what it is, this is the world's response, is that we get irritated. And you only filter things through the idea that, what can this do for me right now? That's the world's behavior, is to think that way. And when you think that way, you really lean back into the lazy river of the world. You just kind of bump along. And you know what? All you got to do is get in and let it take you. It doesn't take much effort to do that. But if you actively choose, can you hear the resounding word choose? Is that you have something you can do. That's your action step. Choose to follow God. Choose to hear what he's saying to you. Choose to get in a connect group. Choose to serve. Choose to be a part of something that is bigger than you. If you don't do that, if you lean back into it, then you're really limiting what God can do through you. Each and every one of you has a unique purpose of a grand design that's so complex, requires so much detail, so much attentiveness. But if you don't clue into that, you are not made to be a placeholder in this world. You are meant to step out and link arms and get in the dirt and make a change. Whenever you disrupt the circle... You know, if you get in the lazy river, you try to turn your tube around and go the other way, everyone's going to be looking at you like, what are you doing? But that attention is going to require them to see that God's doing something in you. And they might ask the question, what can God do in me? Can he do that same thing for me? So then God's getting all the glory. And your existence on earth changes from just that into you making an eternal change in it. Good morning, church. I'd ask how you all are, but you are all doing amazing. I can tell already. Um, before we get started, pastors, just thank you. Thank you for your yes 10 years ago. Um, it literally changed the course of mine and, and Philip's life, and we're so grateful for you. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Let's dive in. I am also doing Romans 12, um, verse 2. I'm right smack dab in the middle, um, and it says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. And I just wanted to kind of start, um, I actually have a picture, I think we have it to share on screen. Um, this was taken in the fall of 2019. Um, we were out on Main Street, Broken Arrow, doing family pictures. They were good the first like five minutes and then our kids like lost their mind. We've got three girls and it was just like a wild ride. But we did have some really good moments, like there were smiles, there was laughter, like we were literally dancing on the sidewalks in Main Street, Broken Arrow, doing our family portraits. And the thing that I wanted to point out is while this looks great, this looks fantastic, is what you guys don't get to see. What you don't get to see is you don't get to see the me that was before this picture, and you didn't get to see the me after this picture. You see, for five years, for five years I struggled. 
after my parents passed. For five years, I struggled with depression. I struggled with anxiety. I struggled with being hopeless. I had lost all hope in everything. I didn't care anymore. For five years, five years, this is how the world told me it was going to be for me. This is how it was going to be for the rest of my life. And it was just a struggle. There were days that I even had to call Philip and I'd say, hey, I know you're working 45 minutes away from home, but I need you to come home. I cannot physically make myself move from the couch because the anxiety is too hard today, because it is too much. I could not peel myself. And I know that might sound wild, but I would literally be stuck in the corner of the couch when I called him and when he came home and then the rest of the day until I made myself made my way to my bedroom. And I was like, I can't be a mother. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And I had literally given up on everything. I mean, there were days that I cried uncontrollably, and there were days where I had no emotion at all. It was all over the place, but it was never who God intended for me to be. And I had given up. I gave up. There were days I didn't want to wake up anymore. I said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. It's over. It's over for me. There's nothing left. And it was I gave up until until I decided that I was going to give it all to him. I was going to try something new, and I was going to give it all to God. And I decided in this moment, God, I don't want this life that the world has created for me. I don't want this version that they've labeled me as. They've labeled me as unworthy. They've labeled me as hopeless. The world has labeled me as depressed, labeled me as anxious. And I said, God, I don't want it anymore. God, I want your name in my heart. I don't want the world's label stitched in my heart anymore, God. I'm I'm not going to just believe in you anymore, God, but I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to give everything that I have to you, God. I want it all to be given to you. I want to be your vessel. I want to be your hands. I want to be your feet. This is all I got left, so why not say yes to it? And so it was, it was in this moment that I decided this, in this total moment of surrender, surrender to God, that he took this broken version of myself and he transformed me from the inside out. I didn't just look the part on the outside, but it was on the inside as well. He changed the way I viewed myself. He changed the way that I thought about myself. He gave me a new label. He said, I am your, you are my daughter. You are full of hope. You are no longer scared, you are brave, you are loved, you are valued, you are seen, you are believed in, and you are worthy. You are worthy of everything. And it was in this transformation that I kind of put two and two together. You know, I was invited to this church by my sister. Shout out, she's in the middle row. She loves all the attention. Um, But she invited me here. She said, you'll love it, you'll love it, you'll love it. I was like, no, I'm good, but I came. And it was in this moment of this total transformation of my life that I realized God knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew the plan, he knew the purpose. And I realized, like, I don't want to just attend on a Sunday anymore. I want to plant in this church. I want to start serving. I want to show up every single Sunday. And I want to build community because I had community for me. And I know what that did for me and how much it changed my life. So that's what I want to do for other people. I'm telling you, there were days when I was going through this during those five years that I sat in that same parking lot out there wiping mascara from my eyes because I didn't want anyone to see the struggle I was walking in with literally not wanting to come into church because I couldn't handle it anymore. I couldn't do it. And I'd come in and I'd serve in bigs with the kiddos with the first or fifth grade. And those kids just made me forget everything. They loved me. They made me laugh. And they changed my life. God put this church, he planted me here so that my life would be changed. I'm not up here to say it's perfect. My life is not perfect. I've got three girls. If you call me at any given time, there's a good chance you're gonna hear a battle cry in the background because one... Because one looked at the other one the wrong way. It's true story. It's true story. 
but what I am saying is when you choose him, when you give it all to him, your life is going to be transformed. It's not just the outside, but it's the inside too. So I'm going to let him transform me because he didn't give a partial payment. He paid the full price for me by sending his son down on this earth so that he could die for our sins and so that our sins could be forgiven. So I'm going to give it all back to him. And so when the world comes at me, I'm going to say, nope, God's by my side. Nope, my community's by my side. Nope, I have this church by my side. This is a place I'm going to go to. So when the, when, the world tells, or when the world tells me I'm not good enough, I'm going to say, yes, I am. I'm not depressed. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to anxiety. I'm not going back to hopeless. I'm not going back to fear. I'm going forward. Every single day, I'm going to keep stepping forward, and I'm going to step forward another day. And I'm not looking back because what God has for me is in front of me. The life he has for me is in front of me, and I'm going to let that overwhelm me so much. So if you hear anything today, I'm telling you, you've got to say yes to him. You have to choose him. You have to let his overwhelming love pour out onto you because when you do, he's going to transform you. He's going to create a new person, and he's going to start by changing the way you think. Hello, church. Hello, everybody. This is incredible, the, the amount of noise that's coming right now. I love this so much. I feel like a rock star. Do I look like Nickelback? No? Okay, that's fine. Can you guys see my mustache from down there or not? Yeah, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Anyway, I, I got to get into it. I'll start. I'm so honored to be up here. Um, it's a privilege, and I'm pumped, not only because I'm up here, but I know for a fact God has something to say to you. Uh, so I would encourage you for the next couple minutes, just tune in, get ready, strap in, because God's got something to say. So I'm in Romans 1, 2, and uh, I'm finishing off the verse, the last piece that says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, I was reading over this, and I was like, you know, I think as the church, I think myself, I think we got the good part. I think we got the good part. If you call yourself a Christian, you would probably say God's will is good. God's will is good for me. I got it. That's awesome. Okay. And uh, I, think, I think we got that down. But I want to talk about the other two words because I think it's really important to know that God's will is more than just good for you. Uh, because I notice a pattern in my life, things that are just good for me, but there's nothing else. I, I probably don't have the motivation to do that thing. Just because it's good for me. Let's be real. I mean, I mean, exhibit A, cough syrup and toddlers, okay? I mean, we're all talking about toddlers right now. Um, Shay and I, we were babysitting one evening, and uh, we were babysitting a uh, toddler that was under the weather. He was coughing a little bit. No big deal, right? Just get him some medicine and let's roll. And so his parents were going on a date, and uh, they're like, we're just going to cram some medicine in and go. And me, you know, clearly I've never been a parent before because I thought this was going to be a smooth process. I thought we were just going to, whoop, you know, get him out of there, go to sleep, let's roll. I was wrong. I was very wrong about that. And, uh, you know, long story short, he took the medicine, but he was not happy about it. There was a battle that was fought that day. And he took the medicine because his parents so lovingly uh, were reminding him in so many different creative ways that uh, it was good for him and he needed to take it if he wanted to get better. And so he eventually took it. Um, and, I, and I looked at his face after he took it, and I knew after I looked into his eyes, he will not be taking that again until he has to. I could just tell. I could just tell. And I think that's a common theme with toddlers. Uh, but he only took it because he had to. And I think if we're not careful, if the only way we see God's will is that it's good for us, we're not going to take it till we have to either. 
We're not going to take it till we have to. And not only are we not going to take it till we have to, but it's not going to be pleasant when we do it. You know, I remember I've been, I've been coming to this church. I grew up in this church. And uh, I remember coming when I was younger. And I was starting to get to the point where I knew God was good for me. So I would come to church on Sunday mornings. And I, you know, I don't know if I was pumped about it, but I'd come and I'd pay attention to the messages. And I remember as pastors would be closing out the message, it was time for me to like get my track spikes on because um, I knew as soon as he said amen, I'm getting out of the door so fast. Nobody's talking to me. Nobody's talking to me. So like as he's saying amen, I'm in the blocks. And then he says amen and I'm gone. I'm in the back seat. Nobody had a chance to talk to me. And the reason I did that is because I, I was afraid of connection. I was afraid of connection. I told myself that I was just shy. Now any of you who know me now would know that is not the man I am today. I am not, I am not that shy guy I used to be. Uh, but, but I started thinking. I started thinking, you know, I knew church was good for me, so I came. But I wasn't willing to allow God to do what he wanted to with me. I wasn't willing to jump in. I wasn't willing to connect. What I realized was I was keeping myself from that connection. You know, there's no life change if there's no connection. And I think a lot of people find themselves in the same spot I did and I do. And maybe it's not a trust thing for you. Maybe it's a, it's, it's a time thing. Maybe you're holding on to your time so tight because you have so many other things. Or it could be anything. It could be relationships where your trust has been betrayed. But I think we all hold on to a little bit. And, you know, if you find yourself in that spot, I have some good news for you. Because the scripture didn't stop with God's will is good. The scripture said God's will is good and pleasing and perfect. And I want to talk about that because God's will is a totally different thing when you start saying, oh, this is good and oh, this is perfect. It takes you from a place that doesn't want God to speak to you because every time God speaks to you, you have to do something that you don't want to do. And it puts you in a place where you're excited to hear his voice. It, puts you, it takes you from a place that is scared to talk to someone and puts you in a place that is excited to come on Sunday morning and meet somebody new. It takes you from a place that is avoiding connect groups at all costs to a place that is ready for that next meeting. It takes you from a place that has been avoiding serving because you got burned the last time you served and somebody took advantage of you. And now you say, you know what, God, I'm going to do it. You're calling me into it. And the only difference there, the only difference there is honesty with Jesus, is honesty with Jesus. I remember praying. So it went something a little bit like this. I said, God, I don't want to be here. I hate this. I'm scared and I'm ticked off, and I don't want to do this. But Lord, your word says that something good and perfect and pleasing will come at the end of this, so I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And I trusted him for the first time, and then a while later, I trusted him a second time, and soon it just became what my life looked like. I realized that I have to trust him, and I'm not telling anybody in here that this is just a momentum thing, and it gets easy, because let's be real, nothing worth having is easy. It's not. But it's a decision, and I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm following everybody here really perfectly. It's, it's the Lord. It's not us, but, but it's a decision that you make, and it's a decision that becomes easier when you realize that God's will isn't just good for you. It's also perfect and pleasing. This was so incredible, so special that we um, not only that we have these incredible speakers, incredible people, but to get to hear their stories and get to hear their take on God's word is just amazing. When you gather together with other people and you get to hear other people's hearts, it's beautiful. And I love 
there's the vulnerability of every single one of you, but just Tiffany, I remember when you first started coming to our church. I remember when you and Philip first came to our connect group that Pastor Ben and I hosted. I remember the, that season and just see who you are and to see how you truly are a woman that has flourished in the house of the Lord. It is beautiful. It is so beautiful. And I could say something about every single one of them because they are the real deal. They're incredible people. And I believe that God put every single person in this room, every single person watching online here at this moment, at this special Sunday. We've never done anything like this before. This Sunday is for you. This Sunday is for you. And if you came in this morning and you feel like, you know what, I want that kind of freedom in my life. I actually struggle with anxiety. I struggle with depression. I've never heard someone that loves God also say, hey, I, I had to walk through that. I don't know what you've walked in here with us today. I don't know what you're holding on to right now at home, but I want you to know that God has freedom for you today. He has come to this place at this time for your heart, for your freedom, for you to have a sound mind. It's, he's on mission for you this morning. And, and I know I, I share my story often, but I remember the way I felt when I walked into a church on a Wednesday night in Austin, Texas. And I remember the way I felt. And I remember thinking, everybody in here is so perfect. Everybody in here has it together. They would never understand where I've come from. They would never understand what I've walked through. But do you know what? I'm here to tell you, we're on mission to make every story matter at this church. And every single one of us, come on, every single one of us have some junk. Every single one of us have walked through something. You are not alone this morning. You're not alone. If you hear one thing this morning, you're so loved. You're so seen by God, by your creator. He loves you exactly how you are right now, how you walked in here today. And I want to take a moment. I want to close this this morning with an opportunity. If you want to make Jesus first in your life this morning, and maybe you've, you've made Christ first before, but you want to rededicate your life to him, I want to take this moment right now. So if you can go ahead and stand to your feet, we're going to pray and just take this second just to seal all that God's done in this room this morning. And if you're in this room this morning, you're watching online and you wanna make Jesus first, I wanna ask you to do something very simple but something very bold. And I want you to put your hand over your heart right now in this moment. Say, God, I want you to change my life. God, I want you to transform me. God, take my soul again. Remind me how much you love me. Take my heart for the first time this morning. He sees you, he sees your heart cry this morning. You're not alone this morning. And I wanna pray over you this morning. Will you all pray with me this morning? Father God, I thank you for every single person with their hand over their heart, for every single person at home that's watching right now with their hand over their heart. I thank you, God, that you see us, that you see them, you see their heart cry, you see the desperation that they said, today is the day I wanna change. Today is the day that freedom has come to my heart. Freedom has come to my life. And I just speak right now, peace in the name of Jesus covers their mind. I thank you, Father, that the way they walked in is not the way they will walk out. The way they first started watching online is not the way they're gonna end their day. I thank you, Father, that freedom has come to their life today. In Jesus' name, we will not be the same anymore. Thank you, Father, that you put the right community around us. You put the people around us. You plant us in your house. You plant us on a team. You, you just, God, just show us what our next step is this morning, God. We love you. We surrender our life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Come on, amen. So thankful for this family that we get to do this together. And you know, that's the phrase of this house is that 
that we get to do this because nobody, well, hopefully nobody forced you to come to church this morning. Sounds like Evan maybe got forced by his dad a couple times. Shout out, Terry. Great job on that. Um, <laughs> but hopefully nobody forced you to come to church this morning. But we're glad that you chose to be here this morning, that we got to have this moment together today um, is so special. The rest of the day is going to be even better than this. So get ready. Go have the best day ever. We love you, church, and we will see you back next week.